Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome back to Talking Logistics, Prasad Galopoli, who is founder and CEO of Trucker Tools. And today we're going to talk about how small brokers can leverage a playing field. Now, we all know the story of you know, David and Goliath, how you know, David, the much smaller David, with, uh, with just a slingshot, defeated you know, the giant you know, Goliath. And in the logistics realm, you know, you still have, you know, big players competing against little players. Uh, but instead of slingshots, uh, it's digital technologies that are helping to level the playing field. So, you know, how should small brokers prioritize their investments? And uh, how can they get over the change management hurdles, you know, and, and try to identify where do they get started? Well, those are the main questions we're going to address in today's episode. And as always, it's great to have uh, Prasad uh, on the program to share his insights and perspective on this topic. So, Prasad, welcome to the program. Hey, um, very nice to be here, Adrian. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, you know, uh, you know, you, you've been on the program, you know, uh, several times, and, and we've talked through this whole industry from 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 different different angles. And as we've talked in the past, I mean, you know, one of the unique things about brokers is that in order for them to compete and be successful in the market, they have to provide an enhanced experience, not only to shippers, but carriers too. So, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, selecting which brokers to work with, I mean, what, what are you hearing from carriers in terms of what is most important to them? Um, you know, the, in the many years past, um, we've heard the, the shipper of choice concept. And that concept has spread to the, the broker of choice for the carrier. And what it, it truly means is, at the height of you know very high level uh, thought process, how does a broker appeal to a carrier to a point where the carrier becomes the core carrier for that broker? So if I'm a carrier, I have five trucks. Um, if a particular broker is helping me move my my or fill my capacity eighty percent or more, um, I look at that that broker as as by choice. Because, or you know, they're consistently providing freight. Um, there are certain things that these carriers are looking for in these brokers. So we've recently run some surveys asking them what's happening. Right? So one of the things that carriers, even in today's market in 2020, they say is they they want consistent freight or high volume freight is is, is the keyword they use. And the second thing they used is good rates. Now these are very, you know, arbitrary uh, or a quali qualifiers, not quantifiers, right? Because what is, you know, good volume of freight? What is, you know, good rates, right? What it, it comes down to is, um, if I'm a carrier, what is that the broker doing to help me maximize my asset utilization? If I have a truck, one truck, and if a broker can help me move instead of eight loads, 12 loads a month. Um, that is true, you know, quantifier for me, right? And two, um, the other side of it is if by working with a broker, if as a result of it, if I'm fragmented, meaning I'm becoming more inefficient, or if I have to jump through a bunch of hoops to work with a broker, that broker is making my life difficult, right? I mean, these are the, the, the words that people are using in the world, right? Um, they're going to giving me a runaround, right? These are bad, the opposites of it. So a good experience versus, versus a bad experience ultimately comes down to 
um, is this broker helping me be, make more money or not? That's what they're looking for. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Like you said, you know, and we've done a lot of writing about this and, and we've done some episodes around shipper of choice, right? And there's a lot of focus there in terms of, you know, not keeping your drivers and carriers detained at your facility in terms of paying them on time, um, you know, so on and so forth. You know, so there's a lot of things that the carriers look for in, in shippers and, and shippers have been, particularly in this environment that we're in right now, where capacity is getting tighter, you know, rates are going up. Um, you know, once again, the spotlight is on, you know, what does it take to be a shipper of choice? But I think it's interesting that, you know, brokers are part of this equation too. And, you know, carriers also have a choice in terms of not only which shippers they want to work with, which shippers make their, uh, you know, keep their assets moving, keep their drivers happy um, and, and give them the opportunity to get that next load quicker. Uh, it's the same kind of analogous thing on the, on the broker side, right? In terms of, you know, which brokers are going to help me fill my, uh, fill my trucks and keep my trucks moving and which brokers are going to make it easier for me to, um, you know, accept the load or you know, see a load, accept the load, get paid, you know, all those things that, uh, you know, are, are valuable uh, for them. Um, you know, the, the, the reality is that competition in, in, in the broker market has, has never been more intense. I mean, we've seen and we've seen technology you know, play a bigger and bigger role, as well as from the investment community. We've seen a lot of money going into this industry as well, partly from, because of the role of technology. I mean, I think there's different ways you can look at that. I mean, do you see this as a, as a threat or an opportunity for small brokers? Um, definitely a big opportunity. That's, I mean, that, that's the headline today, right? Every broker out there has an amazing opportunity ahead of them to really become something huge over a short period of time. It is literally a, I mean, I understand the year being very, you know, difficult for a lot of us uh, personally because of, you know, COVID, you know, people lost their lives. But from a business point, purely business point, brokers are, have a huge opportunity ahead of them. Now, new capital flowing into this space. Um, 2020 has literally made transportation the center of attraction for all the new investments. <laughs> we, we know this, right? Um, but what these investors are looking at is, they're looking at brokerages that are adopting to technology as the biggest qualifier for them to even invest money. The reason they are doing that is, um, you know, the investment community or, you know, all of us, we know this, right? A brokerage, that can take advantage of a technology can grow much faster. You know, then can go three, four folds in a very short duration and can contain their costs. And those are literally the two things that a, an investor would look in, right? They want the company to grow faster. They want the cost to be lower, so profitability is higher, right? And they're investing in technology-based brokers specifically or brokers that are adopting to technology. So what that means is those brokers that are not adopting to technology are going to be left behind. There's, I mean, there's, there's no other way to say this. Literally, those that are not adopting to technology have a very big challenge ahead of them. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I think I know with the conversations I've had with, with brokers over the years, um, you know, it's all about scalability and growth, right? How can we continue to scale our business? Particularly, you know, we all know that particularly in transportation, the market goes up and down, right? So, and historically, it's been a very, very labor intensive, uh, you know, industry. 
and you know the margins can you know can can vary in terms of how they make how they make money. So really, it's about driving that efficiency. And you know, if hey, if I'm if I'm at this point today and I've got a a three year plan, a five year plan to double my business or triple my business, you know, how am I going to get there? Right? Am I going to get there by adding two or three times more people, or am I going to get there by you know leveraging technology? And I think you know the smart ones are the ones that are looking at technology as that uh, platform for growth and profitability. And and likewise, I think the investment community is looking at this industry as one that has been. Um, you know, lagging historically and as, as ripe for investment because they could be new winners in the market, uh, you know, m- moving forward. And in particular, you, know, you talked about the Davids and the Goliaths, but, you know, when I made my opening comments, I mean, there's opportunities for some of these Davids to emerge as Goliaths moving forward if they use technology smarter, you know, uh, moving forward. Um, you know, I think one of the challenges, and this is true, I think, with, with shippers as well, when we talk about digital transformation, is you know knowing where to start i mean you know you look at this this you, know, you can look at a slide in terms of what digital transformation means and it's this long journey and and sometimes it can become you know overwhelming so i guess is there a common you know starting point for uh, for small brokers i mean how should they prioritize their their efforts and investments um this this is an interesting question because all you know the, the very first thought is, should I adopt to technology or not, is, is a bigger question. Once they make the choice, so where do I start, right? The, the, where do I start has two components. One is um, time-wise, you know, when do I start? And what are the, the, what is the plan? You know, is it a all-in once or is it, how is it phased, right? And which areas should I start? Um, first point I'll say this is when part, right? You should have adopted to technology yesterday. That is, I mean, it, literally, that's how critical adopting to technology is. If if a broker is sitting on the fence and thinking, should I adopt or not? You know, that thought itself is is the killer here. You should not have that thought. I mean, you should already be thinking about. I'm already, you know, I'm adopting to technology because in in today's world, extremely difficult to compete with the brokers that have technology and the knowledge that comes with it. When we say technology, technology provides a lot of insights into um, what's happening with the freight market. You know, how do you make yourself stay on top? It's like riding a wave or in front of the wave. So you're getting the benefits of the growth in the market. Right? So that, that's an important thing. The second part is where do you start? Um, there are three areas where brokers have technologies. And in our conversations today, uh, there is a fourth and a fifth one, but we're going to ignore those two because we're talking about brokers taking advantage of carriers. Network, right? The three areas are, one is digital freight matching. Or, you know, freight matching, simply put, putting the right load in front of the right truck. It's, that's the key part. The second one is um, visibility of it because you, it has a lot of feedback into the first part. The second is visibility has become a huge thing for shippers today. You can walk into a shipper's office and say, hey, I'm going to move your freight and oh, I don't know when I can tell you where the load has been picked up or not and you know where the load is and all of that. The shipper is going to kill that deal immediately. The third one is um, the feedback loop, meaning sending the PODs, um, invoices or getting those from the carrier to the brokerage 
and from the broker to the shipper because that move can reduce the days of operation for you and also uh, more importantly it smoothens your operational cost right these are the three areas and what we have seen in the past years is people typically start with visibility because it's the the lowest hanging fruit is is visibility i mean getting that visibility has two two advantages one you're talking to a carrier adopting that carrier to a technology the second part is you're also fulfilling your shipper's requirement it's it's not even step one it is step zero the step one is digital freight match because that has the biggest value for you as a broker now in 2020 what we have seen is step zero and step one became just step zero because everybody wanted real-time visibility they wanted digital freight match so they're adopting to it at a much faster rate and two competing forces here one the shippers are demanding for visibility the second one is capacity crunch I mean, I would, the majority of, the, of this year we've gone through this, there's a huge capacity crunch. Um, the third part, then the next step comes in is the documents flowing back. Now, well, these three are very, very, very much important for brokers. There is also a second part to that, that is, um, how do I go about these three? You want these three phases connected connected technology is probably the most important thing because if you know if you don't connect these technologies and you just buy these separately then there is a cost of connecting them and that fragmentation can also be a bigger problem you know very interesting i mean i think um you know you're right visibility you know uh for 20 years has been you know that i've been in the industry has been you know uh priority number one particularly for for shippers and i think thanks to the you know advancements in technology um they're finally able to get you know more of that real-time visibility today to to drive their you know uh, operations and obviously like you said any broker or carrier who's not able to provide that visibility is, is not going to be working for very long with uh, with a shipper because that's that's become a you know table stakes and a and a and a key you know requirement and, and I like the way you broke it up into kind of those those three very tangible uh, steps because like I said before sometimes you know that this whole journey looks so overwhelming I, I sometimes equate it to you know I'm a big cyclist you know sometimes you look at a hundred mile bike ride and you say how am I going to do a hundred miles well you do it one mile at a time right and if you think yes, about oh I I still have so many, you know, I did one mile, but I still got 99 more to go. It could be very, you know, uh, uh, anxiety uh, inducing, right? But, but if you kind of break it up into these very manageable, uh, quick wins, if you will, right? Take it five miles at a time, recognize the fact that you've achieved some, uh, you've made some progress. You take the benefits uh, from those initial steps and roll them into, you know, to help invest into the future uh, steps. I mean, I think that that has proven time and time again to be a, a winning strategy to, to, you know, to go about this. And, and you're right. I think in this environment, because capacity is getting tight, because the, the need to match shipments with uh, capacity, demand with capacity, um, and those that are able to do it quicker, more efficiently um, to meet the shippers demands, but also keep the carriers, uh, their assets moving in, in a, without, with minimal uh, delay time, with minimal empty miles, and the like i mean brokers are kind of sitting in the middle there that are able to keep those two constituents happy via freight matching i think that's that's a, a key uh capability for uh for success 
Now, I, and I know we've talked about this in the past, but I think it's, it's always interesting, you know, and I've seen this broadly across the, the IT spectrum where a lot of companies now are looking at their technology vendors, not as vendors, but as partners, right? So how can, you know, how can technology partners help in this digital transformation, you know, process? I mean, what, what ultimately differentiates a technology vendor from a technology partner? So, um, you know, what you said is absolutely right. These vendors are not um, fly-by-night kind of people anymore, right? Um, the old school of thought is you build software, you put it out, and that's it. It will work for the next 100 years. You don't touch it. Everything stays the same, right? We're not living in that world anymore. And the reason is business is changing rapidly. I mean, nobody predicted pandemic. During pandemic, everything has changed. Everything that we believed in has been challenged and changed, right? <clears throat> the second part is your partners, if you're a broker or a 3PL, you have shippers and carriers. These partners, your business partners, are also evolving. They're adapting to new technology. And if you are the person who is not adapting to technology or you don't have technology that's moving along, you're the ones who are going to drag them down. And obviously, you don't drag somebody out. You typically get out. You know, you get pushed out. So <clears throat> these vendors that provide this technology for brokers have to have a different mindset. So the, the, there are five five ways to look at your partners. If you are a broker out there, you're looking at technology vendors that you want to partner with. Look for these five reasons, right? One is you want a vendor who is constantly evolving their product. That's a key part, right? They cannot build one thing and give it to you and say, this is a take it and you know deal with it, right? Um, that it has to constantly improve. And that improvements should come with your participation as a broker. Because when you are feeding into that network of what is valuable to you, you are helping that vendor build solutions that match your requirements. So that truly becomes that partnership, right? That's the second part. The third part is technology should be more than technology. Meaning in today's world, I mean, the cost of building technology has come down, literally. But that doesn't make that you and I and everyone out there can just go out and start building new technologies. Um, the reason I say that is, now the value of technology is derived from the network effect. How many people have already been on it? So think about if somebody launches a new social site like Facebook today. Nobody wants to go to that unless all your friends and you know, everybody's on it, you're not going to that. Um, there is a reason why we don't see new search engines that are challenging Google today or you know, even the social media sites so much so, right? Because of that network. In transportation, um, especially brokers, are exactly in that network effect because they work with a lot of small carriers, primarily the ones that move over 80% of the truck freight owner operator, small carriers. That fragmented group is the network. Right? So when you're looking for a vendor, look for a vendor who already has that carrier base. Or if you're looking for a software that works with your shippers, look for a lot of shippers already on it. Right? That, that's that network. The fourth one is 
beyond software. Um, the, the reason I say beyond software is every software comes with breaking point or needs help. If you're buying software, if you're buying, you're, you're going out to buy a car and the, the manufacturer or the dealer says, well, this is great. This is an amazing car, but we don't provide any support. If it fails, good luck. Right. Um, you're on your own. There's no user manual. <clears throat> you can figure this out. Um, and that's about it. Not many people are comfortable doing it. Not that we call our tailors or you know, <laughs> repair shops every day, but we have a thought that you know, if something happens to this car, I know there is someone who can help me out. That is the confidence people want. So with software, you want to look for solid support. And that support should happen in real time because when brokers are using, I'm a broker, I have a load that I'm tracking or I'm a load that I'm trying to match. If this system doesn't work and my software vendor says, well, that's good, Prasad, log a case, we'll come back to you in two months. My shipper cannot wait for two months for this load. Um, being a small broker, I'll lose my business. So you want a real-time support um, real-time training. I want my team to be trained on it. How to use it? What's the, how do I get the best out of this? And if I'm not doing something right, how do I improve my usability or my, how I use this software? Right? That's all comes in something called support training compliance. So at Trucker Tools, we have a separate team for that. Uh, we have multiple teams in one big department that does all of this. And the purpose behind that is, <clears throat> We believe in, you know, your software is part of it. Our support training compliance is another part of it. Together, make the solution work for you and make sure that if you ever have any question or, you know, we can work with you on helping you get the best out of our software, the way we see it, right? That's the fourth thing. And the fifth thing is um, accountability, right? You, you go out there, you're buying a software. Don't just go out with a software that only, you know, I call it accountability because it's an accountability on you as, as, a, as the buyer too, is don't buy a software with, that does only one thing. Because what it does is if your vendor says, I can only do one thing, and for everything else, I'm not doing anything. You have to make the vendor accountable and say, hey, are you going to integrate with other softwares? Or what can I do to make a consistent thing? Because remember, the three things that we spoke earlier, uh, digital freight matching, visibility, and um, sending those documents back and all of that. A, a typical vendor should address all three of them, should not just address one and leave that, right? So that's that's the whole uh, pursuit to, to find the, the partners. You know, I, I like the, 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 the five things, and I, I like the point about, you know, beyond, you know, software. I know one of the things that, um, you know, I've heard from a lot of shippers in particular, but this holds true for, for brokers as well, uh, that I've heard from them is, you know, is looking at that alignment of, of culture, right? And for a lot of these uh, folks, the, the alignment of culture today means, like you said earlier on, we know that tomorrow's reality is not going to be today's reality. So we're going to have different needs. We're going to have different requirements. We, we may need to pivot in one direction or another, or our customers are going to have different requirements on us. So we're going to then come back to you and we're going to have, you know, some new requirements for you. How quickly can you um, you know, respond to our changing needs, you know, does your R and D roadmap align with where we want to go as a business? 
right? So that's, that's critically important. And then, you know, the people aspect, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, we, we, know for, we know that things are not always going to work perfectly 100% of the time, right? So it's being able to get that support and, uh, you know, how responsive and, and how much communication, um, you know, takes place between, uh, you know, the partners, I think it's critically important here. Um, so, you know, Prasad, as, as a way to wrap up, I mean, I think historically, you know, moving away from the way we've always done things, right, is usually the biggest challenge that companies have when, when it comes to implementing, you know, any kind of, you know, technology and, and implementing any kind of change. So how can, how can small brokers get over this change management hump? Um, I, I think this is a, an interesting thought, right? Change management is not easy to start with. You know, everybody struggles with when the moment you call it a change, people say, well, I, I'm opposed to it. But we are all changing in our day-to-day behavior. We don't look the same way, you know, two years from now or a year from now, right? <laughs> Sometimes during the pandemic, we don't look the same, right? Um, so change is part of our nature, except that we don't accept it. Um, there are certain problems or mindsets that actually become a bigger challenge for brokers. So, you know, if you look at the broker community, the first thing is brokers always say that, you know, they want to wait for the technology to mature. And in today's world, that weight is the killer. Because, you know, how do you adapt to a technology that is changing rapidly and adapting to business needs? Two, when you adapt to technology, you influence the change. So if you don't adapt to the technology as a broker, you're not making the technology work for you ever. So it's a, it's a slippery slope in, in many ways and a vicious cycle where you're just basically left alone, right? Left out. So that's the biggest concern. You know, the brokers have to just get over it. You know, they have to adopt to technology immediately if they're not doing it. The second part is identifying the areas where they need to adopt to technology. This is, you know, a lot of our good customers have said this on, on, on your show and other shows as well, is that take a stock of what technologies you already have. Um, and the ones that you're not using or the ones that you think they don't align with your strategy, take it off. You have to have a strategy. The strategy should be consistency is, consistency is the keyword. Consistency for the carrier. We've said all through is, when you're talking to a carrier, don't give them a runaround. If you're telling a carrier to use one technology for visibility, one technology to find your notes, and another technology, or call your office to find out if their invoice has been paid, or submit through another ways, you already lost the carrier. That is the core of all the issues that we face in this industry. So as a broker, do your part. Don't give a runaround to the carrier. How do you do that? You find technology that is consistent experience for the carrier. Carrier should go from finding your load, tracking your load, submitting your documents, checking the status, all of it without ever having to jump around. That is it. And that is exactly what digital brokers have done it, right? Except that they've done it in a small ecosystem as opposed to doing it across all the carriers. So the second part is that. The third part is when you adapt to technology, this is where so brokers go from having a lot of patients not adopting to technology to losing their patients when they adopt to technology because they think I've adopted to technology, let technology do the magic overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, so you have to have patience. 
because you're brewing, you're growing here. You're growing your network. You're building your business. You're going to take a one load wonder one load wonder carrier that's moving one load with you. Get more loads from them, more loads. At some point, they're going to tip off and become your core carrier. They're not going to go from point A to point B overnight. And that journey happens in two ways. Two elements create the journey. One is your technology, your experience for that carrier. Two, your relationship with that carrier. If you treat that carrier well, you give them good rates, you give them good freight, and you're not treating them like a number. Obviously, at the end of the day, you want to make money and they need to make money. Both that is as transparent as it is, right? But at the same time, how you treat this carrier, how you give the value to the carrier, walks that carrier down that path, and at some point they'll flip into becoming your core carrier. That just how it goes. So it needs a lot of patience and commitment. So these are the three things that brokers should have. Um, and when they do, I mean, sky is the limit. I mean, literally sky is the limit for them to, to grow their business. You know, I, uh, you know, as, as I was listening to what you were talking about there, you know, you, you talked about, um, you know, the role of technology, you talked about the role of relationships. Um, and, and, you, you know, it made me think, you know, uh, there was so much focus, you know, 20 years ago on customer relationship management, right? CRM and CRM systems were kind of, you know, they're still big today, but th when they were coming of age back in the uh, early 2000s, um, that became, you know, a, a key area where a lot of companies were, were investing in. And I think what you're, what you just talked about there is kind of developing a strategy that's built around carrier relationship management. Um, and you know, what does that mean? What does a carrier relationship management technology mean? What does a carrier relationship management processes mean? What does carrier relationship management mean from how we interpersonally, uh, you know, relate to, to one another? So I think starting with that um, and thinking that way, I think is, is you know, a good step, uh, you know, a good starting point for, for many brokers. Well, Prasad, as always, uh, you know, always appreciate you, know, you making the time to share your insights and advice with us. So again, thank you for being with us. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Trucker Tools website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Prasad, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us, and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.